Welcome into another episode of the Unnamed MMA Podcast. I'm Adam Abdallah, along as always with Jordan Sherwood. Follow him on Twitter at Wood on ESPN 1000. Follow me on Twitter at Adam A. Abdallah. Jordan, we've got another pay-per-view coming up. UFC 282 with a title fight with Patty the Batty, with visa issues, with guys dropping out of fights, with every, every this, this card's got everything except for good fights. This card has everything except I, for good I just, fights. I just don't understand why this fight is still a pay-per-view. I just don't get it. Like Dana White, throw everybody a bone and just put this one on for free. People will still tune in to watch it, but you don't have to try and milk money out of people just because you're you know, highlighting the fact that Patty the Batty is now in the co-main event. And, oh, by the way, I don't know if you saw this. Like, it's, it's going to hurt the pay-per-view numbers. Patty the Batty's... Twitter has been revoked. Like Elon Musk has revoked his Twitter. Why? So, I don't know, but like, dude's not gonna be able to promote himself. Oh, he's promoted himself. I mean, is he on Instagram? The kids aren't on Twitter anyway anymore. Not, well, I'm on Twitter. Like, well, you're not a kid. That's true. The kids are all on Instagram, TikTok. I'm sure he's out there. I wouldn't know, but I mean, it's just it's just like that kind of thing is happening in and around that this fight card. Now, now you've got. Uh, the fight with Santiago Ponzinibbio not fighting with Robbie Lawler, even though you know Ponzinibbio fortunately stays on the card. I mean, I guess the argument about us is that look, you know, it doesn't really matter who's fighting. We try and find the betting angles and yeah. the guys to suggest so you can put your money and and make an investment on it. But just it it sucks because Abdallah, the the end of the year pay per view card traditionally year after year has been like a big one. An yeah. absolute big one. I mean, that's what the UFC used to do. I, I remember one with Vanderlei Silva and, and Quentin Rampage Jackson fighting for the third time, and that was like the third fight on the card. That, I mean, the year-end card, I think, a couple years ago, had Amanda Nunez versus Cyborg, and this is one that had Conor McGregor versus Jose Aldo. I mean, big, big-time fights. Jan Blachowicz and Magomed Ankalaev, not a big fight. Don't care. No. Don't no. care. No, but to be fair, this was not supposed to be the main event of this pay-per-view, right? This is supposed to be uh, Glover Teixeira and, um, why can't I think of his name Yuri right Prohaska. Yuri Prohaska, yeah. This is supposed to be those two guys, but obviously it's not. There will be a new champion uh, crowned at the light heavyweight division because the, the belt is now empty. So the winner of Jan Blahowitz and Magomed Ankalev will get the belt. Regardless, yeah, not interim. Not no, interim. This is the the, this uni- is the, this belt. Is the unified champion of the world. Yes, unified for now until you know another fight is is set up for whoever wins this fight. But yeah, look, it's not great. The fight night that was probably last week on Saturday was probably better than this is going to be. But there's always money making opportunities, right? We have to sell it that way. This is uh, plus. There's still a fight night left this year. There's still one next week, isn't right, there? Right, there is one. Yeah, there's Canyonier against Strickland is next week. So I mean, you still have an opportunity, which to me is weird. Why wouldn't you just have another fight night and then do like end on a pay per view? That's weird to me too, because like this is. I mean, the fight night that's coming up on the seventeenth. It's okay. I mean, it's not the worst. Why not just have a marathon? Why not have thirty fights? Yeah. On ESPN Plus. At some point this weekend, because there is no college football outside of Army Navy. Army Navy is the Army only Navy one. Army Navy yeah. bet the under. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, it's like 30, though, which is tough. <laughs> but it's been like 16 years in no, a row. No, I know, I know it is. And I think last year I was like, nah, this is the year for this the over. The and it was like 8-2. to two. Right. <laughs> What's going to be, real quick, not that it's college football, but Kentucky, Iowa, or Army, Navy, more points. Oh, I, I, I mean, I think Kentucky scores on Iowa. Okay. I think they do. Well, like, because Iowa kids are weird, though. Like, because they're going to, like, try to play even if they're going to the NFL. Get some trick plays going on and whatnot. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think there's more points in Kentucky, Iowa, but that totals, what, 35, I think? So it's not not that much, not many more points than that. So let's get started here. Our first fight on the main card could probably be the best one on this main card, and that's Bryce Mitchell against Ilya Tapuria. And Tapuria is minus 160. Uh, Bryce Mitchell is plus 125. This is a fight that uh, that could end quickly. It's a front runner for the fight of the night, uh, like I mentioned. But this is this is uh, this could be a way to start with the bang. You've got two guys that are undefeated that are trying to go after each other here. Someone has to lose this fight, so uh, an unbeaten streak will end uh, in this fight. How do you think this one goes to start I mean, UFC 282? Yeah, I mean it's classic grappler versus uh, striker. You know, you got the grappling acumen of Bryce Mitchell, who's looked very good in his, you know, UFC tenure. Most impressive win probably uh, between the two is under uh, Bryce Mitchell's resume. He defeated Edson Barboza the last time that we saw him. This was early in March. This is a guy that is really, you know, going off of his persona of being, you know, from the South, hanging out on farms in Arkansas and Alabama, and he's got his camouflage shorts. And look, the dude can grapple. The dude can wrestle. He could, you know, thwart the striking. Obviously, you saw that against Edson Barboza. was able to take him down kind of at will, control the fight. He could hunt for submissions when he wants to. Ilya Tapura is, is another fantastic fighter. This guy's a little bit more explosive. He's got three finishes in his last three fights. Uh, he's been in there with strikers. He was very impressive in his victory over Jai Herbert the last time we saw him prior to that. Uh, he steamrolled Ryan Hall, who's a very renowned grappler in Brazilian jiu-jitsu, a black belt and practitioner, but not really good striker. He knocked out Damon Jackson. I think it's really going to question of, of whether or not Bryce Mitchell is going to be able to get this fight to the ground and get this fight to the ground multitude of times and, and likely towards the, the latter portions of the fight. Tapuria is a guy that, that, that at times has shown he will tire in his UFC debut against Yusuf Salai. There were some questionable times that he was taken down later in that fight, could have been submitted by a guillotine by Zalai. So I think right now my selection is going to be if I have the money line, it's and I, I don't think I'm going to have a have a pick officially with Fat Jack Sports uh, for this pick. But I, I think I, I think Bryce Mitchell. I think Bryce Mitchell is going to be able to lean on the wrestling. When I have qu- basically in all, not just with this particular matchup, but when you have questions in all, I lean the wrestler. I lean the grappler. I lean the guy that's going to be able to grind mm-hmm. and and work, work and decide where the fight goes. And I think Bryce Mitchell, who has ever been improving with his stand up. He was able to go toe-to-toe, like I mentioned, with, with Edson Barbosa a little bit on his feet the last time out. Uh, he's going to be able to take this fight to the ground at some point and control Tapuria, but I'm not sure I'm confident about a finish. I think that Bryce Mitchell can, you know, gets, gets two, two rounds over one against a guy in Tapuria. 
All right, so if you're looking at the method of victory here, first total rounds over 2.5 is minus 135, so that's not bad. Uh, Mitchell to win by decision is plus 250. Tapuria to win by decision is plus 300, and everything kind of goes a little haywire after that. Uh, Tapuria to win by knockout is actually plus 275, so that's not horrible. A guy who does like to get, you know, to knock out his opponents, he is a good boxer like you mentioned, so maybe he can land one if uh, Mitchell, you know, makes a mistake or something like that, so if you're looking at that, but you think this goes the distance over two and a half at minus one thirty-five. I, I think so. I think so. Yeah. I mean, you do have to consider the power. You know, Tapur has certainly got that as you know his calling card. Uh, you know, the ace up his sleeve, if you will. But I'm, again, I'm just going to the, the, the literally the last two fights: Andre Feely, Edson Barboza, for Bryce Mitchell, two great strikers that weren't able to, to take advantage of that, put him out of there. And, you know, Feely and Barbosa are guys that finish people, and, and, and they didn't even come close to uh, doing it against Bryce Mitchell. So, yeah, uh, certainly power is, is, is to worry about, but I think Bryce Mitchell gets it done. All right, our next fight, Darren Till against Drikus Duplessis. Uh, Duplessis is minus 180 in this fight, and Darren Till is plus 140. Now, Darren Till, uh, he's 1-2 and two when uh, fighting in this weight class over a span of three years, but he has been seen training with Hazemat Shemaev, so maybe that gives him a little bit of uh, juice in this fight. He is plus 140 against the knockout artist that is Duplessis, so Duplessis is favored in this fight and favored to end it quickly as well, so we could see another knockout coming in the second fight of the main card. Yeah, there's just nothing to trust about Darren Till anymore. Look, he, he steamrolled his way to a shot at the UFC welterweight championship loss, and, and and since that point, you know, in that including that championship loss, uh, he's lost four and one one, and and it was a controversial split decision victory over Calvin Gastelum. I mean, this is a guy that no longer can make the cut to welterweight, so now he's had to go to middleweight, and you know. Look, he he was in there with the with the the best of the best at 185 with Robert Whitaker and Derek Brunson his last time a couple of times out, but. It's kind of been, you know, become kind of a jokester. You know, it's kind of been, you know, he's he's the drinking buddy, if you will, of Hamzat Shemaev. And, you mm-hmm. know, he's not really, he hasn't been consistent. He's training partner. Come on, training partner in quotes. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Buddy cop movie. You yeah. Know, the, 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 the I'd com- watch that. The, so would I, the comedic relief. Duplessis is a guy, like, look, a guy that, that is has, has a lot of notoriety coming in, very well-rounded, well-schooled, a guy that, has not lost since he made his uh, you know debut in the UFC, and he's slowly but surely been in it with better fighters. You know, Marcus Perez, Trevin Giles, Brad Tavares. This is a ne- another step up in competition. I think people thought that he was going to finish Tavares, but Tavares is a tough out. I think just it's it's a straight up win for Duplessis. There's nothing that you can believe in and have confidence in in Darren Till. All right, so Duplessis is minus 180 on the money line right now. If you want uh, Duplessis to win by decision, he is uh, actually to win by knockout is plus 175. To win by decision is plus 300. And to win by submission is plus 450. So if you think this goes the distance, uh, Duplessis at uh, decision at plus 300. But if you think he's going to knock out because he's just that much better than Darren Till, plus 175. Any of the props that you like. Also, over two and a half is plus 115. Any props there that you like? I, I mean, look, I think it's worth worth certainly considering that Darren Till is going to get finished in this fight because Duplessis, you know, has had all finishes except for the last time that we saw him, mm-hmm. and that was against Brad Tavares, but that actually happens when you get in there with better competition. But I think it's certainly worth a sprinkle because he's he's a guy that could submit you or knock you out. So a, var- a wide variety of ways to get the job done. 
Uh, our next fight was an addition, actually, because a, a, it needed a sub because Santiago Ponzinibbio lost his uh, fight partner earlier uh, this week, and now Alex Morono is going to step in and fight Ponzinibbio uh, in this fight. This is our fight before our co-main event of Patty Pimblett and Jared Flash Gordon. So you've got Alex Morono, a late addition here. This was just announced yesterday. Uh, Morono was just announced this morning. We're recording this on a Tuesday a little bit earlier for this uh, pay-per-view. So Alex Morono Morono subs in uh, and will fight Santiago Ponzinibbio. Any thoughts on this match with Alex Morono stepping in here in a uh, in short notice here for this fight? I mean, I was certainly backing Santiago Ponzinibbio in his fight against Robbie Lawler. Robbie Lawler was a shade of himself. You know, he did not look great uh, when he lost to Brian Barberena the last time that we saw him. So certainly he was going to have confidence that the athleticism, the power, and striking of Santiago Ponzinibbio was going to be enough to get the job done, even though he had lost uh, two fights in a row. This is a bad matchup for uh, Santiago Ponzinibbio. Alex Morano, the great white, because he's very pale, uh, comes in. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, he is. No, it's great. Dude, dude needs a tan. Um, just the just, great white. Not the great white anything. No, just no, the great exactly. white. Just the white. Well-rounded grappler, yeah. good striking, dirties fights up, will get in your face. He doesn't have to worry about cutting weight. This is going to be at 180 pounds. So, you know, he's a guy that just like, you get off the couch and get into a fight. And there isn't a lot of preparation that he's going to have to do for Santiago Ponzinibbio. Ponzinibbio will. I mean, Ponzinibbio was, you know, obviously preparing for a striker. And Alex Morano is not that. Alex Morano definitely more on uh, the grappling side of things. And look, I thought this was going to be a situation where Morano was done and, and get stopped by Donald Colby Cerrone. He didn't. He beat him. And now he's won four fights in a row uh, against some pretty tough customers. So Alex Morano currently today sitting, we're recording this on Tuesday, earlier on in the week. He's plus money. I think it's certainly worth a look for him to be able to pull off the upset. All right, yeah, I don't have exact odds in front of me right now. It's not on FanDuel. It's not on ESPN.com right now. So I believe, yeah, he will be plus money. So we'll go with Alex Morano plus whatever he is. Just a sprinkle. You never know with these guys that are fighting on such short notice. You know, uh, Ponzinibbio is in fight shape. You don't know what kind of shape Morano is going to be in. He could have been on the couch. He could have been training. He could have been doing anything. So, I mean, if he's fighting, he's got to have some training for it, right? So I would say I like the I would give you odds, but I don't have any odds. I don't have anything uh, of our usual props. I don't have overs. I don't have unders because this fight is not listed yet on any betting website. We use FanDuel for our odds and even on ESPN ESPN.com, there are no odds for this fight, but we're going with Murano there as the dog. The dogs were barking last Saturday. So there was, a, there was, there was a, a trend yeah. where at, at some point midway through the card, six of seven underdogs all won, and the seventh one was Phil Rowe, and he opened as the underdog. So wow. all seven, technically seven underdogs in a row, including three that we had. That's awesome. Uh, our co-main event... Patty the Batty finally gets his pay-per-view uh, main card debut here as a co-main event. He is minus 250 against Jared Gordon at plus 190. Uh, Patty the Batty is 3-0 in UFC with wins over Luigi Vandaramini, Rodrigo Vargas, and Jordan Levitt, and he's finished everyone in those fights. If you remember his last fight, uh, he did get a little bit hurt. Like, remember we saw that where he was kind of not really playing around in the beginning, but he caught one pretty early uh, on the chin was kind of like, not knocked out, but more like knocked into it. He was like, oh man, okay, we got to end this because I'm not going to catch another one and, and risk losing this fight. And then he kind of turned it on. You know, Jared Gordon is 
a step up in competition, but this is still a pretty easy fight considering the odds for Patty Pimblett here at minus 250. Yeah, it is. I mean, I was hoping for a little bit bigger of a fight for Patty Pimblett, especially if he was going to be heading to a pay-per-view and now obviously in a co-headlining spot. Jared Gordon dirties up fights similarly to Alex Morano, and he just keeps on coming after you. Uh, you know, well-rounded, comes from a good camp. Look, this guy trains with Bilal Muhammad. This guy's trains guy trains with, with Paul Felder. So, obviously, you know that he's going to have a lot of experience. I just think at the end of the day, this, this opportunity, this moment, is going to be too big for him. It is. Patty, I believe that Patty Pimblett is going to overwhelm him because of his talent. And when we've seen Jared Gordon get in trouble and lose in the UFC, it's because of he's been overwhelmed by talent. He was overwhelmed by Charles Oliveira. Nothing to write, you know, that, that, I mean, that's nothing to scoff at. No, no, Charles no. Oliveira is one of the greatest fighters of all time. Absolutely. Grant Dawson, another guy that most recently overwhelmed him and finished him uh, with a, a rear naked choke. The hope that Jared Gordon is going to have to do is, is get this to be a dirty fight, wrestle, see if Patty Pimblett can handle three rounds of wrestling, but I don't think it's going to happen. Pimblett's going to draw off the crowd, the live crowd in the States, and I think we're going to get an under. I think we're going to Patty Pimblett win, so put him in a parlay, and also you're going to get um, inside the distance. Not really confident if it's going to be a submission or a, a knockout. I probably would lean towards a, a submission, but again, this is a guy that's only been submitted once in his mixed martial arts career, albeit it was against a guy like Grant Dawson, who's mm-hmm. very, very good on the ground. So in this one, if you're looking at method of victory, like you mentioned, uh, Patty to win by knockout is plus 250. Patty to win by submission is plus 175. And Patty to win by decision, plus 350. So uh, if you're going here with just the parlay stuffer of Patty Pimblett, uh, you can add him into that Duplessis uh, parlay if you want to. That's a pretty decent parlay uh, for those two fighters. But, you know, the over-under in this one I'm seeing right now is two and a half. So they've got it lower than the, the five-round co-main event here uh, that's going to be going on so under two and a half is minus 135 so the odds makers believe that this is going to end before the halfway mark of this fight and probably either by submission or by knockout uh at plus 175 and plus 250 respectively um again like you said it's hard with patty to know like what it's going to be whether it's going to be a submission or whether it's going to be a knockout because he's come into fights before saying i'm going to submit him and he does and then you know or I'm going to work to knock him out. And then he does. And you know. So, like, that's kind of, you kind of, he hasn't really, he hasn't really talked any shit before this fight. You know what I mean? He's just like. Well, I wouldn't know. He's not on Twitter. Well, he's not on Twitter, but he's been, I mean, there's going to be the press conference earlier, later. This, so, you keep an eye on the press conferences. You watch the press conferences for us, Jordan. You, if he says something like, I'm going to knock out Jared Gordon or I'm going to submit Jared Gordon, then we know what to put our money on. But as of right now, just the straight up parlay stuffer with him and Duplessis. I've got two parlays right here two, a two leg parlay, Duplessis and Patty Pimblett. Uh, and those that pays plus 117 right there. So you're du- more a little more than doubling your money uh, if you were to uh, bet that. So bet 100, win 117, or bet 10, win 17, or $11.70, whatever you want to. So plus 117 for that parlay. So any of the, so Patty the Batty continues his, yeah, his continues reign his or whatever. His trajectory, yeah. you know, and he's going to have a very big opportunity in 2023 to continue. But yeah, I just... I just think that that this is another showcase fight for him in front of a live crowd in the United States. Jared Gordon was kind of handpicked. He'll give him a fight. 
Like, yeah. it is a step up in competition for yeah. sure. But people got to realize that, like, with a victory over Jared Gordon, like, Patty Pimlet's maybe in the top 15. Like, he's not, like, getting a title shot. Yeah. Okay? So we just got to put make, make sure what people understand where he is, uh, uh, you know, in the totem pole of the lightweight division. And finally, our main event, it is Glover Teixeira against Yuri Prohaska. Wait a minute. No, it's not. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's what it was supposed to be. But now it is Jan Blahovitz against Magomed Ankalev. Ankalev, the heavy favorite here at minus 260. Blahovitz at plus 195. Jan has been a champion before. Uh, he lost it to Shara last year, and that's when he was not a, a champion anymore. Uh, this should be a decent fight. We're getting a new champion regardless in this division like we mentioned earlier, but Ankalev the heavy favorite at minus 260. Yeah, and as he should be. I mean, this is a guy that that theoretically should be undefeated. Uh, He lost a fight to Paul Craig at 459 to the third round in a fight that he was dominating, but he got caught in a triangle choke uh, with about 10 seconds remaining in that fight. I think he should be in this parlay, so we'll add him there. Yeah, I just I think did just it. like it's, it's two to one if you add him, so it's plus two hundred. So it's uh, you're doubling, you're more than doubling your money. If you bet a hundred, you'd win two hundred. Bet ten, win twenty. That yeah, kind of thing. I mean, grappling, striking. I, I think he's just going to overwhelm Jan Blahovich. I mean, Jan Blahovich should be appreciated to be able to grab the title when he did, but you know, hasn't looked great. Uh, you know, in, in his, you know, in, obviously in the title loss to, to, to Glover Teixeira, we could go back to the Tiago Santos knockout. And, yeah, he did beat Alexander Rachik, uh his last time, but that was due to an injury. He checked the, uh, he checked the kick, and, you know, uh, Rachik I think, broke his leg or, or tore his ACL, wasn't able to compete. Uh, Magomed and Kalaev inside the distance, under 4.5, under 3.5. I think all are in play. Actually, all the unders are in play because Ankalev now now has an opportunity to not, like, coast to a win and then be secured a title shot in all likelihood it would have been against Yuri Prohaska. I was going to handicap him to win the fight against Glover. Uh, now he knows with a victory over Jan Blahovich, uh, he, he's the champ. He's the man at, one, at, at light heavyweight at 205. Uh, and I think he just has too much for, for Jan Blahovich. May, maybe you don't, maybe you play the over one and a half because Ankalaev has had one or two fights where he's kind of coasted not really put on the gas pedal, but I got to believe that one of these guys is going to be hunting for a finish. Mm-hmm. Both guys are finishers, uh, and I think it's on Kalev's time to shine as the champ at 205. So you mentioned uh, to win by knockout. On Kalev to win by knockout is plus 110. Uh, on to win by submission is 14 to 1, so he's not going to submit uh, Blahowitz, as, as according to Vegas. And then to win by decision is plus 240. So this is knockout of the distance, basically. And you said that you think this is going to end in a finish, so maybe sprinkle a little bit of money on that. Plus 110. Uh, to finish. So for our picks, before we get into that though, anything in the uh, in in the prelims here that you like for this pay per view or that should be a. a fight I mean, night? how could you not be at least anticipating the uh, debuts of both uh, Raul Rosas, who's going to be the youngest competitor ever in the UFC? He's 18 years old. Wow. Uh, and then Cameron Samen, also one of the youngest, now 21. Uh, both guys heavy favorites over their respective fights against Jay Perrin and, and Stephen Kozel. So I'm interested to see what both of those guys uh, go uh, for you. I'll, I'll throw out a couple for you. Oben St. Preux has had three opponents on this uh, fight card. He now takes on uh, Antonio Tricoli. Um, don't know much about Tricoli. There isn't a lot of tape on him because he's really competed uh, since uh, over the last three or four years. I think it's Von Flute choke time or... Ovince St. Preux choke time, okay. o- the OSP choke. So OSP via submission in that fight. Uh, again, not a lot of film on Tricoli, but I also do like the action man. I know you like the action man too. 
Chris Curtis, underdog over Joaquin yep. Buckley. Yeah. I think it's a, a favorable fight, striking fight that Chris Curtis uh, can use. And loser leaves town in the Lungambula and Shabazian fight. Both guys <laughs> have lost th- two fights in, or three fights in a row. Uh, small play on uh, the the underdog in uh, Leon Gambula because right. I just don't think Shabazian is is all he's uh, hyped up to be, even though he's lost three fights in a row. So the first uh, you can get all those picks for those prelims there and those first fights there, and then obviously our picks for UFC 282. You can get those at Fat Jack Sports when Jordan releases all of his picks. FatJackSports.com. Make sure you get signed up there. But the ones we're going with here is Bryce Mitchell at plus 125, the over in that fight at two and a half at minus 130, uh, and uh, Morono at plus money, whatever he is. Whenever they put out Alex Morono, he's going to be plus money. Yeah, take he for that. For sure, is going to be plus money. Grab and him. Then our Parlay is uh, Duplessis, Pimblet, and Ankalev. All to at, at, that makes it uh, plus two hundred. So actually plus one ninety five. So just under two to one. Uh, and that is UFC two eighty two. One other thing I wanted to talk uh, with you about Jordan is that a follow up to something that we covered mm-hmm. a few weeks ago is that earlier this week, uh, yesterday, the MMA events uh, are banning James Kraus. Because of that fighting probe, we talked about that that fight uh, back in November fifth when it was Derek Minner and Shailian uh, Nurban Becky. Does I say that right? Close enough. Close enough. I give it to you. I give it to me. Uh, and Kraus was in the corner, and uh, it, that fight was was decided in the first round when the fighter whose corner he was in was reported injured. The odds skyrocketed for the opponent. And the UFC released a probe and basically said that if you train with him, if you're in his corner, if he's in your corner, that if you associate yourself with James Krause, you are banned from the UFC. And so that's something that we talked, uh, you and I talked about it. We talked about it with Big John from uh, Bellator about it and how gambling and fighting is going. And he believes that it should be like the NFL or like baseball or basketball or anything, any major sporting group where if you're involved, you shouldn't be allowed to place bets on any fight because you may know something that other people don't or you may, you know, it, it, it doesn't make the sport respectable. And now we have a result in what we thought was going to happen that this guy was banned. But it's not a, it's not a full solution because guys can still gamble. Cornermen can still gamble. Coaches can still gamble. I mean, commentators gamble all the time. So it's something like we can gamble, but we're not involved with UFC, right? We just give picks, you give picks, and I just kind of play them blindly after we talk about them here. So uh, your thoughts on what MMA and UFC did with James Krause and what can be done moving forward? Well, I mean, remember, too, like two months prior to this, they they disallowed betting by all UFC fighters. So that was constituted first, then this whole yeah. James Krause thing. And look, a lot of people are describing it as a witch hunt that they were out for, for James Krause. And yes, obviously, we all we live in a society, you know, innocent until, until proven guilty. A lot of that stuff was very, 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 very circumstantial. Uh, very coincidental, the fact that all this yeah. came out. You know, I, and again... My opinion on it, I don't even people remember this, but I released Derek Minner in that fight. I also had the under in that fight, so I guess you know half half right on that fight. Yeah. But like I released Derek Minner, but my opinion of it is it has nothing to do with it. Like you win some, you lose some. But like I kind of do think James Krause should be example of. I mean, it was just so circumstantial that the odds ballooned with a guy that got injured hmm. and the way that he was injured and huh. the way that he fought. And James Krause is an outstanding coach. He was an outstanding fighter. He's an outstanding podcaster. Like, I listen to him when I'm giving out my betting advice. Yeah. I pull a couple of different people. James Krause is one of my go-tos mm-hmm. that I want to understand. Like, 
what direction is he thinking that the fight is going? So I think, look, example had to be made. I think it sucks that now now fighters will be affected because those that were under his tutelage or getting his coaching yeah. won't get that benefit. I mean, he he was putting together a pretty renowned and solid camp uh, that people won't be able to benefit from his expertise or at least you know publicly uh, be uh, available. But something has to happen. You know, the, the hammer has to be thrown down because you can you can ill afford to have well, those type of situations happen. Like, with, listen, we sport. look. You can you can say whatever you want to about sports gambling and that kind of thing, and whether or not players should be allowed to gamble on other sports or a commentator should be allowed to gamble or whatever. But, like, people know things and people have sources. So, like, if he's a source for someone, then, like, people find out, like, in college football, right? Like, people find out through the grapevine whether a quarterback is injured or a quarterback is coming back from injury because college football is very vague in the way that they do things. There's no injury report. It's just he's got a knee and maybe he'll play. And we'll see. And you'll, you, they might be warming up. There's not like a Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday injury report like there is with the NFL. You know, you don't get a game designation. They're doubtful. They're questionable. Whatever. They're out. So I, the, things do come out every once in a while in college football. And you'll be like, okay, well, this guy heard something from this guy. And that's why the line moved three points or whatever. This just seemed a little bit different than that, right? Like the odds of this moved from, like, minus 200 to, like, minus, like, 7, 800, 900. Right. Like, it was crazy, the amount of movement on this fight. So, there was something going, like you said, chance and circumstance, but, like, come on, man. Like, something was going on. And I don't think, like, you know, it, it coaches shouldn't be allowed to gamble. Play, fighters, definitely not, obviously, but but coaches should not be allowed. Trainers, anybody that's associated, that that's associated with UFC for I, look, the integrity. I'm, I'm, on, I'm on the same page with you. I, I, I even take it a step further, like, from a commentating standpoint. Yeah. Like, I don't want yeah. Daniel Cormier's opinion of Habib Nurmagomedov. They're best friends. Well, yeah. You know, it's like yes. that kind of stuff. Like, obviously, you're going to pick Nurmagomedov or you want him to win. There's biases well, everywhere. Well, yeah, I mean, think about it. Could you imagine Monday Night Football last night? Tom Brady comes back and Joe Buck has the uh, Saints covering and he goes, and touchdown, Tom Brady! Shit! <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, like, I mean, it make for a better broadcast. It might make for a know, better broadcast, yes, but like, you do know you do know the fighters that John Anik has money on. Like it's, yeah. it's so obvious in the, yes. in the time. Of, but, but yeah, look, you, you, because of the line move, there was something insider that was happening, and that, that just can't happen. Like, yeah, it can't happen in any sport. And you know, James Krause is 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 going to be the example that's made. Absolutely. Well, he's Jordan Sherwood. Follow him on Twitter at Wood on ESPN 1000. Make sure you sign up for Fat Jack Sports and get all of his picks that are released before this fight. If there's any changes, uh, Jordan, because we are recording this on a Tuesday, Jordan will tweet them out. I'm Adam A. Abdallah. Follow me on Twitter at Adam A. Abdallah. I don't know why I gave my name as Adam A. Abdallah. Then follow me on Twitter at Adam A. Abdallah. That's my name, though, Adam A. Abdallah. And you can follow me on Twitter at Adam A. Abdallah. Yeah, exactly. This is what happens when you record on a Tuesday. Uh, we'll be back next Next week to preview a UFC fight night. That will be our last show of the year. This is their last show of the year. Uh, so we will preview that event next week. And make sure you tune in to UFC 282. We will be back next week for another episode of the Unnamed MMA Podcast.